Hello, and welcome to the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. Instructional coaches and leaders create the environment that supports teachers to continually imagine, grow, and achieve. They model an excitement for learning that teachers in turn model for students. This podcast is dedicated to promoting the important aspects of instructional leadership. Thanks for listening. I'm thrilled you're here. Coaching and the Fear of Finding Out, a post by Justin Bariso, introduced me to the term fear of finding out. His article titled, What is the Fear of Finding Out and How Do You Fight It? How Emotional Intelligent People Deal with the Fear of Finding Out, describes the fear of finding out as a barrier that stops a person from learning more about a potential problem because they're afraid of what they'll discover. Initially, the term was used to describe the feelings of people who were afraid to seek medical advice, even if suffering. It's the reason individuals may be delaying or avoiding visiting their doctor or seeking medical advice even though they may be concerned. In other words, they're afraid of finding out. The day that I read Bariso's article about the fear of finding out, I had had a conversation with two instructional coaches who were seeking guidance on increasing the value of data meetings with teachers. The coaches described a lack of teacher engagement in really digging into the data and using it to make instructional decisions. I wondered, I pondered, could the fear of finding out be having an impact? What might the teachers be afraid of finding out? You'll find the link to Bariso's article in the lead-in to this podcast. He describes how fear of finding out can be applied in other contexts, and he poses some possible sources of it. I thought some of these could fit for teachers sitting in a data review meeting. Quote, maybe you're afraid that by learning more about a problem, you won't be able to perform the actions needed to address it. Or... Maybe you're overwhelmed with other problems and you don't have the time or resources to deal with this one. Or maybe you simply don't want to take on the responsibility for this thing, believing that another person should handle it, end quote. Seems like several of those could apply to this data review process. As I read and thought more about the fear of finding out, I was making connections with the work I've done with Gordon's Skill Development Ladder as part of coaching. At the bottom of Gordon's Ladder, you're at a spot where you're unconsciously unskilled, and then you move to being consciously unskilled, then consciously skilled, and then unconsciously skilled. Sometimes receiving coaching feedback 
or watching myself on video or even just listening to my classroom on an audio recording, I discover that I've been unconsciously skilled. I didn't know what I didn't know. And now at that moment of consciousness, I become consciously unskilled. Our brains are designed to not allow us to remain at that consciously unskilled level. When that happens, we either have to come up with a plan, make a decision to do the work of becoming consciously skilled, or to decide that the feedback we received was wrong, or we find another excuse that allows us to go back to our earlier unconsciously unskilled level. So there will be folks who are going to avoid taking part in instructional coaching, in peer coaching, uh, avoid laying their student work out at a PLC meeting, keeping the door to their classroom closed as a way of avoiding the fear of finding out. Or actually, it's the fear of finding out that's preventing them from taking the risk of finding out. That takes me back to thinking about the question that the instructional coaches raised concerning the data review meeting. Uh, I've been in those meetings where rather quickly people decide that the data is, quote, wrong, end quote. If the information that's coming to me is wrong, then there's no need to go through a change process. Digging in deeply, I may find that there's information in that data that I feel a need to respond to by changing my practice. Barrasso reminds us that it's natural for the fear of finding out to raise a set of negative emotions for us. While we may not be able to control the feelings that we have, we can control how we react to the feelings. That requires a conscious switch to our thoughts. You can either allow the emotion, in this case fear, to control your thoughts, or you can take control of your thoughts, which will in turn influence your emotions. If you're dealing with your own fear of finding out, Barso suggests that these questions can be used to force yourself to face your fear and take action. You can become active instead of passive. Here's the questions he recommended. What are the potential consequences if I continue to ignore the problem? How might the best and worst case scenarios play out? Is it worth the risk to push this off further? How will I feel about this issue a week, a month, a year, or even a few years down the road? 
three great questions you can use in your own reflection on your fear of finding out. As a coach, building your own and teacher's emotional intelligence can have a positive impact on dealing with the negative elements of fear of finding out. Here's three areas to consider. Self-awareness, empathy, and developing strategies. Self-awareness. When you can recognize the feelings you're having and what the source of those feelings might be are identified, you are in a better spot to consciously choose the actions you'll take. Here's a personal example for me. I always have a nervousness and a fear whenever I'm beginning a keynote address type of presentation. It helped me when I was informed that often the audience is having a similar sense of discomfort. The audience is pondering, is this going to be boring? The problem is that with my nervousness, I would tend to speed up my delivery, which is not an effective action. Matter of fact, what I need is the opposite. Being aware of the feeling I'm having and the cause, I purposely plan for something at the beginning of my presentation. It may be a piece of humor that allows time for folks to laugh or a quick turn to your neighbor question. That activity leads the audience and myself in calming down, and I'm taking control of my actions that were generated by the feeling. Empathy raises an interesting question. With empathy, I can consider the impact of my fear of finding out on others. When the fear of finding out is keeping a teacher from opening the classroom door to colleagues or to avoid sharing their student work on assessments with colleagues, one needs to stop and consider the impact on their students. Is it possible that my students are losing learning opportunities, that my students are losing a chance for greater success that's being caused by my fear of finding out. If I think about the benefits that my students might gain, I can use that to encourage myself to take the risk of finding out. A strategy. I like to encourage teachers to use Bariso's question, how might the best and worst case scenario play out? Is it worth taking the risk or not taking action? The way that I like to use the question in coaching is when a teacher is deciding whether or not to implement a new strategy, a new instructional plan, or a new approach to management. The question I pose is, what's the worst case scenario 
if you take this action? In most cases, the response is one that has quite limited impact. If students are not currently investing effort in learning tasks, or a particular student is behaving negatively, generally the worst case identified is that no change will take place, in which case I share with the teacher, we'll go back to the drawing board after we find that out. If the change is more substantial, for example, the teacher might identify that student learning outcomes at the end of the process wouldn't have reached what one would have expected from the current instructional process. We then need to change our approach. We may need to build in some short-term measures along the way to provide assurance or to give us information that we need to modify the complexity or the duration of the task that we're looking to implement. With that plan in place, the teacher can take the risk of moving forward. I frequently describe the coaching environment that we need is one of being comfortable with discomfort. That's what teachers look to create in their classrooms. Unless students experience some discomfort, unless students make mistakes and struggle, they won't reach the maximum learning that is possible. In order to have that happen, a teacher needs to have an environment where students can be comfortable as they struggle, comfortable as they trial and error. That's the same environment that coaches and leaders need to build for teachers. That's the environment where people can deal with, be aware of, and respond to their fear of finding out. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Remember, you can always reach me at barclaypd.com. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud on iTunes and Podbean. And please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. I also want to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Barkley or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com.